0: And now, part two of Carnival Personnel Sideshow Blackjack. How,
1: how many years were you on the team? Do you think? How many years was this your thing? So, I was I was affiliated with the
2: team probably for nine or ten years. Wow! But so I, long I, after
1: uh, grad school.
2: Yeah. So I played actively for about three years. There were about three years where I was playing at the intensity I'm talking about here. And that was during grad school. Then, after that, I continued to play every now and then and I would train people. I liked doing training. So I would show up and I, you know, I was always interested in training new people and go on trips here and there. But I really started to. Want to develop my non-blackjack life, you know, like the real life. You know, blackjack was like at that point kind of a hobby, and I liked investing because there were good returns to be had, mm-hmm. and so so I would um, I kept my uh, affiliation with it through the opening of Foxwoods, which I was at the day it opened, which I believe for some reason I remember being maybe Valentine's Day, nineteen ninety two. Or something,
1: something like that. Hmm. Look it up on it Wikipedia. Well. And and so when you were on the team in those three years, what do you think the team was? Ten people? Oh, about people?
2: about a dozen a people dozen. for the most part. When Foxwoods opened, the leadership of the team, and this is this is this story is told in one of the documentaries or the movie or something. Uh, there's a reenactment of this lunch, which is really interesting. A few guys got together and had lunch and said, let's, let's kind of form this big team of people because we'll be so close to a casino. And that lunch in the, in the TV show or movie that I saw it portrayed, there's three people there, but there were actually four people there because I was there. I'm like, oh, I know that lunch. I was actually there with those guys talking about this. And that was the basis for a, a very uh, larger, more formally organized team. It was actually like a real LLC, Limited Liability Corp, and everything. Mm-hmm. And that, that, um, that started around... So that was a larger group that swelled up to like 30, 40 people at least. But generally, the team was like a dozen people. Did you have to be affiliated with MIT? No. You didn't? No. Okay. It was you know an MIT-centered activity, but we had people from other schools or people who were just you know regular people who weren't affiliated with the university
0: in any way. And in the okay, we ask them, Joe. I was going to say that Foxwoods did add game tables in 1992. I think yeah. officially they opened in '86, but oh, for your in, all intents and purposes, uh, the real casino opened yeah. in '92.
2: So I had that, and do you have the date?
0: Uh, no, it doesn't have the date. Oh darn. Okay, yeah. well, but I'll take your word for 92,
2: it. 92. Well, you know, to us in Blackjackville, it didn't exist until '92. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. You know, exactly. The fact that a place existed, like we were so we we were so. Um, so focused on just the gambling aspects of the places we went. Like I went to Vegas and I'd never seen the Hoover. I probably went to Vegas 20 times before I saw the Hoover Dam or the Red Rocks outside <laughs> of town or, 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 or played golf there. Or did any of the things that normal people do? Yeah, <laughs> you, know, you were there for We were just the there. I mean, you were, working. you know, I used to, we used to teach people, you know, there's one thing you're there for. You're there to make money. Right. You know, honestly,
0: you'll do, you know, but, but, you know, it's like you were a band on tour, like you basically go right. to the venue, you yeah. play, and then you get on your tour bus and split or whatever, and you, you go, go to the, the next, next town. town yeah, right. now we enjoyed it,
2: I want to say, I enjoyed it. I liked, like, it was a real, one of the cool things about it is, it was like this way to be around something cool that you normally would feel guilty about. But you didn't have to feel guilty because you were there to make money. So like I could hang out in the casino. That was cool. It was interesting. But make no mistake. You know we were there to win money and play. So even though like any almost every time I was in Vegas, I could go eat for free at any restaurant I would want to. Like the most fancy gourmet restaurant, I could eat for free. I could get a reservation whenever I wanted. I could have the most expensive wines. Like we'd order. Bottles of wine, and the rare occasions I did it where they'd have to like call, they'd be like, Well, that wine, we're gonna have to call them and see if we can give it to you for free. You the know? comp, yeah. Yeah, and, and I'd be like, Oh, yeah, call, you know, and they'd be like, Oh, absolutely, but you know, here you go, you know, and I mean, like, if you know anything, I didn't know anything about wine before I played blackjack, but you know, Chateau, you know, Chateau Margot, um, Chateau de Chem, dessert wine, stuff like that. All but I know is anyway. something this year. Anyway, <laughs> all I'll tell fresh. you is the point is. I could have done that every night I was in Vegas, and I did it almost never. Hmm. Usually dinner was like room service at three in the morning that some, you know, you, you didn't even want to take the time to order. We'd like argue over who had to order the room service. Like generally, if you're like the younger person, like the rookie, you know, it's like, it wasn't about paying because it's all free, but it'd be like, you order it. And it's like, what do you want? Figure it out. You know, like, I don't have time for this. Yeah, you know, like we were so busy playing and we got to know what everyone would eat. Like I can still remember to this day, I could remember what you know, Mr. Z would eat in Vegas and what Mr. Z would eat, you know, cause we were just always, it was like, like you, and I would often go at Caesar's palace. I would go instead of the fanciest place, I'd go to this little deli they had where you could like get a hot dog and that was free too. But I would go stand there and eat my hot dog and then go back to play. Cause I was there to play, not to,
1: not to see shows and eat dinners and stuff like that. Now so you mentioned Caesar. Are you banned from Caesar? Yes. Yes. And did – and and I don't remember uh, – I think I know where I heard the story from, For you can verify it. Did SolidWorks not have a convention at Caesars oh, and yeah. you had to get written permission from like the CEO or the president that said you could be on the premises? Because well, SolidWorks yeah. had like conventions mm-hmm. that 10,000 people would go to. Well,
2: yes, this is a true story, I can tell you. So we were having our convention, 5,000 – you know, CAD fans were coming to Vegas for our convention.
0: Are they called caddies? Nah, ah, that's mind. funny, actually. <laughs> caddies,
2: that would be a good one. No, no, they're not. Although, it is interesting that in my career, CAD has become a verb. This is another little sidebar. Mm. It used to be just a noun, as in, you know, we we made a CAD system, you know, or, or our system has CAD data management and collaboration features or something. But then... Um, over the years, it became a verb, and I started to hear, particularly young people, say, "Oh, I'm going to go CAD that up," or "Or, or I was CADing all night last night," mm. or "Or you know, or I have to go CAD something."
0: Like now. Google, yeah,
2: yeah, like Google. It was really cool to see it become a verb in my lifetime. But anyway, back to the the story. So we were having this convention. And uh, it was going to be at Caesar's. Only five thousand people, you know. You know, and so pretty big event there. And it's kind of like a Beyond It show. Right. And thank you. you know, thank you very much. what?
0: Oh, uh, his band. Beyond oh, your band.
2: Okay. And so, so, um, uh, the my friend at that point, I was in my cushy group executive job, which was really a great job because I got to go to these events and like either give speeches or just show up and all these people would come up to me and want to talk to me about how wonderful the software was and I get to see what the products they built and I wasn't like, I didn't have to be CEO and so this, anyway, the message is
1: like, like the, Magic Johnson the, retiring because he didn't want to do the hard work. He just wanted yeah. to show up and be magic. I, I did it a little bit better than <laughs> he did. Whatever. You would have to. I don't want to. Anyway,
2: so the convention is coming up, and this guy, my friend who who is um, in management at that point of the company, he knows that I'm barred there and he knows the convention's coming up. And he says, you know, you could get like kicked out and go, they're not really gonna know who I am. And he's like, you know, your name's in the program, <laughs> you know, like you're you're well, you know, you're part of the company, it's pretty visible. So he asked our marketing person to get special permission so I could go. And so I have this letter and it's like uh 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 it says to you know, to whom it may concern. Um I'm writing to acknowledge you know it's not like Caesar's letterhead. I'm writing to acknowledge that John Hirschdick is permitted to Uh, to attend this convention on these dates Uh, and uh, he may not um, he's allowed to be at the hotel but he may not gamble nor hang out in the casino please keep this letter on his person at all times (laughs) signed you know you know, so and so, VP of Operations, or General Manager, or something. So there's a post-it on the letter from the marketing person. She says, "Dear John, here is your your uh, your get out of jail free card, or something, or your letter." She says, um, uh, "Again, make sure you keep it with you at all times." Signed, Stacy. And then she writes, "P.S." It wasn't easy. Oh, <laughs> this is what's really sitting on man. my desk, you know. So, so
0: I went to the
1: the event. That that should be framed,
0: like literally. I'm just picturing John showing up at the event and then a security guard recognizing you and then giving you a hard time. And you go, wait a minute. <laughs> I, got I got a, a note. note. I got this note. He <laughs> yeah, actually, so like an, Epstein's mother. <laughs> so, I call, I call this
2: friend of mine. And I go, our convention's <laughs> going to be in, in Vegas. He, he, he lives in Vegas and to this day lives in Vegas and still, still, um, gambles with an advantage in different ways. And anyway, back when we were having the convention, I said, hey, we're going to have the convention in Vegas. Why don't you stop by and say hi? And he goes, yeah, great. That'll be great. And I said, just, you know, I'll tell you what, I'll set you up with a complimentary badge and registration. He goes, oh, I won't need registration. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) like, you know, I, I could get into your conference without registration. You know, it's just kind of the kinds of things that go on and my circle of friends. I think I did get him a badge, but I have absolutely no doubt that he would not have needed me to do anything
1: to work his way into our convention. The perks. Uh, did now tell me about the story. There was a. What was the bag of money that it, that was left behind? Oh, you really, clas- you really did your research here. Well, uh, I'll tell you. We've talked about this before, and I'll tell you the one degree of separation. Why?
2: Okay, so the story about the money in the classroom. So. In my later part where I'm just kind of an investor and I'm on like the management, you know, and training group, you know, I have a real life, we, we would meet and, you know, do all this stuff, practicing and everything. So one day I still remember I was in, in the bathroom getting ready in the morning, I had the radio on in the bathroom, you know, I'd come out of the shower or whatever, it's the news, you know, like WBZ news or something. And I still remember the guy comes on the radio and he, you know, it's one of the stories he goes... And still no word about the twenty-five thousand dollars found in a paper bag at MIT last night. <laughs> I look at I look at my wife, who knows, you know, it's all part of the team. I look at her, and she looks at me, and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, you know, this has to do absolutely to do with our team." So I go I go right over the phone, and I call up Mister X, the guy I was talking about earlier, one of the lead. People who was still at that time, all those years later, still one of the lead people. I go, I go, hello. He goes, hello. And I said, I said, I just heard this story about the money in the classroom. And I said, I said, please tell me it wasn't our team. And he goes, it was. I said, which idiot left the money in the classroom? And he says, I did.
0: Oh man,
2: (laughs) I'm like you did. Like he's like the senior guy, and he had this imposing way about him, like you know. The way you know, which was healthy in a way, but he was very like critical, very short on praise, you know, a little bit, a little bit Bill Belichickian, you know, like, like, like. I still remember when I was testing this guy one day. I was in the casino and I finished, and he was watching me, which made me really nervous, checking me out. And I finished, and he said. Good, and I still remember I was like, Wow, that's like the first word of praise the guy said to me in six months, and so there he is. And
1: he left the money in the classroom, so that's the story. And the one degree of separation for years, uh, my uncle and uh, is the head of the facilities. And, oh, and he, he got the phone call from the janitor saying, What do I do with this? And I, I think my uncle said. Why the fuck did you call and tell anybody? Yeah, dumbass. It? Right, right. It's like, yeah. it's, it's, I mean, uh, but seriously, it's, it's like so. So I've known it from like the other side, and the guy who found it, like you know, a lifer there and stuff like that. I mean, honestly, they they, it's a good it's a good shop. I mean, everybody there is friendly. I I worked two summers on the grounds crew at MIT through college, which was great. Um, and all the old dinosaurs who have been there forever, great guys. It's like. 25 grand is what the guy was bringing home that year, and he could have brought it home that night, but no, he called. And and basically, my uncle's like, Well, if you've told people now, I can't tell you to just take it home, you dummy, but yeah, we'll just turn it in. So,
2: oh, yeah. Well, and you know, the the thing is, there's so many businesses that are cash businesses. Like, we had a guy on the team, and he said, I'm not, I don't really find this money really um, imposing. He said, I used to carry. The receipts across Disneyland at night is like, you know, it's like he worked there in summers when he was in college or something. And I, he'd be like, we'd be carrying like a million bucks. Wow. You know? No, you know, it's a big
1: thing at Disney, and you can tell who's carrying the money now and stuff like that. They try to do it discreetly. Oh, really? Yeah, tell. yeah. Like Are just leaving a trail of sweat? Yeah, pretty much. Like, because, you know, management had a friend who did that. Okay, so the final question, and this probably the biggest question. And uh, you've probably answered it a thousand times, so you're ready for this. What did you learn at the blackjack table that helped you launch SolidWorks and and the other ventures that you've taken on in life? Are, are there uh, correlations between? Yeah, there's there, there's
2: a bunch. It's a great question, Jacques, because there is a bunch of things I learned um, uh, at blackjack that really help in business, and in no particular order. One is that sometimes you can be successful doing something even if everyone else says it's impossible. (laughs) That's an important lesson to learn because when I joined the blackjack team, my friends were all like, Oh, this is a scam. You know, you know, it can't work. You know, you know, my, my, my brother-in-law's dentist uncle's auto mechanic goes to Vegas all the time oh, Mike. and they you know, talking about Mike. You, know <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying like they're like an expert like you know a friend of a friend of a friend of mine is like a total expert on gambling and they said it'll never work and you know you'll get kicked out they just want to scam your money and you know they all nobody said to me oh this is going to be awesome you're going to make money in years from now you know, years from now, you'll be a guest on Carnival Personnel co- Podcast. <laughs> talk about a deterrent. This, yeah, Talk about fame and fortune coming your way. You know? But no, nobody said that to me. You know, Zero people said that to me. They What they said was don't do it. So how does that come about in business? Well, when I started on shape, when I started SolidWorks, when I advised people, there's a lot of people who say it's a bad idea. I mean, people told me with both companies, they told me not to start it. They told me the same things both times with SOLIDWORKS and Unchap. It's impossible to build. The market's saturated. No one will ever switch. You know, da-da-da-da-da-da. And so Blackjack helped me understand that, you know, you can pilot your way through those and find successful situations. Another thing it helped me understand was something we touched on before about winning and losing. Like, you can be playing right and still lose, and you can be playing wrong and still win. And you have to wait to get into the long run, to really judge what's going on. And most people don't understand how much variance there is in a situation and how long you have to wait to really see the true
0: strategy. It's like, come a, out. like investing in stocks almost. It's sort of like yes. you have to play the long game.
2: You have to play the long game. Well, some people play the short game in stocks in different ways, but it comes into play with judging people and ideas because it's really tempting sometimes. You know, you'll see a person in business and they happen to run – you know, a campaign or build a product that didn't succeed. It doesn't mean they're not playing well. It just means they got a little unlucky. And you have to kind of understand. Everyone understands not to judge the world by one event, usually, and people not to judge a person by one action.
0: Um, they, have you know. been on Twitter lately? Because <laughs> oh, okay. it's kind of the way of the world. Uh, are you following now?
2: the Robert Kraft situation at
1: no. all?
2: <laughs> Yeah, well that that would uh, that would be more like a poker hand that he ought to fold. You know? but that's a, that's another, uh, another thing. But uh, you know, you, anyway, the the so that that's another lesson I learned. Um, the other lesson I learned is when you have the advantage, get the money out. That's something that Mister Y told me. I'll say I won't say names. Early in my career, I said I've noticed that the people who are best technically don't always win the most money. Why is that? I would think the people who are best at counting cards would win the most money. He said, it's not just about how well you count the cards. It's about, it's about finding good situations. When you have them, get the bet out. You know, get, get the money in action. It sounds like a simple idea, but you have to have the confidence that you know, when the situation isn't right, don't bet. But when the situation is right, make sure you bet enough.
0: I heard you know? once that you have to know when to hold them.
1: And, wait, no, hold on. I'm going through my notes. Yeah. yeah, but you also have to know when to fold them, right? And, but and th-
0: don't, have, yeah, and know when to walk away, and know when to run, right? But and you never, never count your money. So when you're sitting at the table, because Why? as I used to tell
2: people in training, there'll be time enough for counting when the dealer's done. <laughs> wow. Literally, literally, I would tell people. So this is a real <laughs> lesson. I'd say, look, when the dealer's dealing the hand, you're trying to count it all, and sometimes you you want to look away, you want to talk to the floor person. And so if you're at the first seat at the table at Blackjack, nothing will happen. Those cards will not move until you make your decision. So you don't have to – when they're dealing, if you're at the first seat – now, if you're in the middle of the table, you could lose some cards. But if you're at the first seat, which I like to sit in for reasons I won't get into with you here. There's very good reasons for that. Um, If I'm sitting at the first seat at the table – I know when they're dealing, I can look away. I don't have to be counting the cards when they're dealing. I can be talking, looking, making eye contact with the employee or looking at the sports game because I know that when the dealing's done, I'll have a moment before I, make, before I decide to hit stand, double, or split my hand where I can look at all the cards and do my counting then.
0: Yep. So that was
2: – I used to literally use that line <laughs> in training.
0: Now, I'm, okay, I, say I have 20. Right? Yeah, And the dealer is showing um, uh, 19. Uh, should I hit? No. Okay. Yeah. I just learned something. Yeah.
2: Well, you knew that. <laughs> however, however, I can bait you into, into asking me about a true story where you're probably, if you had hard 19, okay, like a 10 and a 9, okay, you have hard 19, have you ever seen anyone double that? Because I have doubled it. Hmm. And I happen to have, when I doubled it, I happen to have a bet that was table limit of $1,000 out. And you're going to think, how? why would he do that?
1: I have no idea what we're talking about. Me neither. <laughs> just, okay. I'm, I'm nodding it. and smiling. Right. I'm nodding well, I, and smiling. I admit it. <laughs> you, don't know, <laughs> you
2: don't know. You don't know. You've never played blackjack.
0: I, it's been years. I mean, I've, I, know the, I know the basic rules of blackjack. Okay. I don't even know anything about insurance hey, look, like all and splitting. I, and, all I
1: know... Is that in 2019, with, with Me Too, if a
0: woman says, hit me, you still got to get written consent.
1: At the, at the-
0: I'm making that louder <laughs> in post-production. And I'm actually, I might add like a, a rim shot or something else to accentuate. Oh. Or crickets. There we go. There we go. All right. So explain to us dumbasses. So you have a hard 19. Well, this
2: may be too much here in the pod. I don't want your podcast to run on all day. But (laughs) uh, generally, you don't double 19 because most cards will cause you to bust. Right. But if you get a two
0: on both, yeah.
2: Yeah. Now, I I will tell you that that you, you think, oh, some people think, oh, they were cheating or something. There's no cheating involved. It's just being very skillful about observing everything you can at the table. And with that, I'll, I'll end the story. You know, I mean, it'd just be too much to try and explain all this. But
0: you're basically playing... You Especially
2: the guys who didn't even understand <laughs> what doubling... Uh, my,
0: my guess is that you, in that situation, if, you, if, you, if you're doubling on 19, and you, you're, you're ultra confident that the next card is going to be a 2.
2: Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you might say, how could you be ultra confident? That is outside the scope of this right. probably right. but we I can assure you some sort
0: of hallucinogenic <laughs> to, can, to expand our minds you, it was
2: not cheating or mark cards or anything like that it was something that you know that you could do at the table if you observe carefully mm-hmm. and you are very thoughtful and skilled yep. and, and you get the right circumstances right which are very 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 you, very rare basically like I've, the, only, I've only done that once in my career do you remember like, what the hand paid out $1,000. Well, okay. actually, excuse me, $2,000. Because you had the maximum end. Yeah. Nice. And it turned out I was betting two hands. And on the first hand, I had a 19. And the second hand, I had 11. Each had $1,000. So I doubled down on both of them. So I would have had $4,000. I $2,000 in each hand. And I honestly can't remember you know, I, what whether I won or lost. I mean, I, the 21, I would have at, at worst... Um, uh, it worst um, uh, uh, tied that. Mm-hmm. Or actually, I'm trying to think if it was late exposure. I might have lost one bet if the dealer had blackjack. But we're, we're, we're getting into...
0: The minutiae, the weeds. Getting into minutiae, yeah. Mm. Late, uh, anyway. So uh, we should have been playing blackjack wildly. The whole time, <laughs> right. Because yeah, no. I, I
2: can focus
1: on two things that
0: once. Actually, actually,
2: my friends and I, when we used to practice counting cards, we could count... And that and have this kind of
1: discussion while we were playing, no problem. Are Joe still helping me get through the walk chewing gum
0: thing? It's not. It's not going well. Yeah, it's so. it's, it's walking and chewing gum. So, and yeah. chewing. Okay. Yeah, See. Right. right at Fucked the same time. Uh, 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 I was just going to ask. So, when was the last time you've been in a casino and playing in the casino?
2: The last time I've been in a casino uh, was probably when I was at a business conference in Vegas. I'm thinking about a year ago. Okay,
0: but you you were and then you actually sat down and played blackjack, the old the old standby.
2: Uh, If I did, I might have played a couple hands just for fun. But usually, I don't I don't play much, or I play craps with my business friends. It's hard for me to get involved in blackjack. You know, you know, if I walk in just for a few casual hands, you know, it's like hard to do that. But I might if I'm with you know a friend who wants to play for a little bit.
0: Were you ever a poker player?
2: A very bad one. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. So play. So am I. I do We're like, like twins. You know, I like playing, but I don't think you know. I don't know a whole lot about it.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a completely different skill. Sc- sc- I have it.
2: a son who's very interested. Who shows to me an aptitude at poker. Like, like I've talked to various several of my kids about poker from time to time, and you know they're sort of interested and in play here and there and whatever. But I have one of my children who started talking to me about it. And my ears perked up because while I'm not an expert. I know the kind of thinking that leads you to good outcomes. You know what I mean? Like like the kind of – like the way he was thinking about the game, it wasn't just simplistic. He was – without having any real training, he was already thinking. I'm like – we can nurture this. So it's like it's like sending it's like sending Luke to Dagobah, you know, the force is strong in he this one. Jacques no, has no idea yeah. what you're talking oh, yeah. about. See, I know hey, Dagobah. So I call up I, I call up this guy now who, who is still uh, this guy is a, a what we call these days they call an advantage player in Vegas. There's this whole thing about people who really gamble very well for a living in different things beyond just blackjack. Right. And when I say gamble, well, I don't mean they're lucky. I mean they they use mathematics and systems to win and and in all kinds of ways. And uh There's actually, I heard there's a a documentary now about sports betters. I don't know if that covers. There's a reality
1: show that they talked about on on sports.
2: So anyway, this guy I call up. I kind of know some of these people still, so I I send him an email, or I might have, yeah, I sent him an email. I said, look, I got I got to ask you a favor. I got one of my kids. You know, he he's got the right orientation. I want to nurture this. I said, give me give me the right steps. So this is somebody who's actually. Among many other gambling achievements, has won money in the World Series of Poker. Not won the whole tournament, right. but you know, knows their way around. So this advice is going to you know be good advice. And he said, "Here's what I would do. I'd start with this. I'd do this. I'd read this book. And when you're done with this book, read this book, and then call me." <laughs> you know. And he's like, he's like, by this point, you know. And he, he gave me a few more comments, but I, I I felt I was able to get like really good input from someone who I would say the judgment is likely to be quite good on how to nurture this this um this little little talent I sense in uh in one
1: of the you know one of the one of the kids. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Uh, th- this this was great. A lot more information than than I think than you, you or cared I. to hear. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I that mean, we can
0: actually retain or your like, listeners.
1: Right. Uh, I'm gonna guess that zero
2: listeners would still be on. Now. They would have said no this guy because is so um, most
0: of a so lot
1: of louder. a lot of our friends are uh, you know aren't big gamblers, but go to Vegas and stuff like that. It's very mm-hmm. interesting and. Well,
0: I was just going to ask, if, I think earlier you alluded to, like, sort of tips and tricks about playing the game and what yeah. to do, and you, do you have one final thing that you could probably... Oh, yeah, yeah, the easiest <laughs> way, no,
2: well, the easiest way for most people to improve their game, mm-hmm. okay, is to learn basic strategy. So, nobody should learn to count cards unless they've learned basic strategy, and basic strategy, you can find a lot of books. You can find it online. If you're really desperate for, for it, you can contact Jacques, and I'll, I'll get him a chart. <laughs> but it, it, it's a chart of what to do on every possible hand at Blackjack. So for every possible hand, like if you have 13 and the dealer has a 6, there is a mathematically optimal decision. The, you know, It's not a matter of opinion, Okay. And if people want to learn that chart and you can actually you don't even have to memorize it you can you can have the chart in your hand at the table in the casino they sell them in the gift shop, really yes, hmm. that will take you from from what is the average player does not play very well. It will take you almost to a pro to almost to break even okay you won't you won't win money, you will lose all your money, but you'll lose it slowly. very slowly, okay. <laughs> As far as I know, you know, people may have other systems because I always get people saying to me, well, I have another system, John. It's based on this, this, and this. Well, maybe there's other systems. But I will tell you that if you learn basic strategy, if you learn this one chart of all the hands and learn what to do and you're willing to follow it, which can be boring, you will lose money at such a low rate that you'll probably make more in comps and freebies. Like they'll give you free dinner or they'll give you a credit for dinner or something – you really can get close just on that. Card counting is much harder to learn and will get you a much smaller amount better, but it's the important part that gets you into the profitable zone. Hmm. Okay, so I'm not suggesting like nobody here should run out. If you're looking for quick advice, learn basic strategy. That will get you, you know, like I say, have you ever heard the golf story? People say in golf, you drive for show and you putt for dough. You ever heard that phrase? Mm -hmm. You guys golfers
0: or anything? No, no. You you get the point, though. You
2: get the point. It means people want to talk about how far they drive the ball, ball, but really putting really matters. So I say in blackjack, you count cards for show, but you learn basic strategy for dough. You know, like, like learning basic strategy. There's one tip I'd give your listeners. It's get a good basic strategy chart and either memorize it or just bring it with you into the casino. If you're embarrassed about it, put on a little laminated card. And nobody that says will,
0: not strategy guide. No know. one, <laughs>
2: will, no one will kick you out. Oh yeah, you can say you can say. Oh, I'm using this chart. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick ass, and they'll, they'll say, welcome to the casino, <laughs> right? Know? And most people don't have the discipline to stick with it. But anyway, that's the, that's the advice I would give. The quick advice: learn basic strategy. Don't start with counting. Don't start with counting. If you, if you know basic strategy perfectly, I mean. Zero mistakes in a 1,000 hands perfectly, okay, or 10,000 hands. (laughs) Zero mistakes, not one. Like if you make a mistake, that's like driving through the stop sign on your driver's test. Mm. That's it, immediate failure. Start over. So when you can do basic strategy, thousands of hands with zero errors, zero, then you're ready to start counting cards. Mm -hmm. Only then.
1: That's where I'm really good at Resident Evil 2.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, you are really good at stuff like that. Sadly. I mean, e-sport, <laughs> I mean, in that same breath, eSports is almost like the dedication that professional eSports oh, players crazy. to yeah. have is almost like well, what you're talking well, about when, with Oh, blackjack. I think it's probably
2: much harder. Yeah. When, when you when, because
0: like, they're not earning the money. They're not even making money while they're playing the eSports when they're learning to play. Do you, yeah. I, like well, it, yeah, I well guess like Blackjack, we yeah. didn't
2: learn money. I mean, I probably spent a 1,000 hours playing Blackjack you You know, to learn. In a classroom, In a classroom, and, you know, at home, dealing to myself, you know. Talk about boring. Can you learn on computer? Uh, I don't know. We didn't have that option. I mean, now, do you think,
0: like, if you were just playing Um, against the computer? Well, I
2: think you could learn a lot on the computer, but a lot of what what allows you to play good blackjack for a long period of time, and I used to teach people, is sort of understanding you know, all the little things that go on in the real casino environment and, and, and learning what to tune out and what to focus on. So I think – I imagine you could learn a lot, but you can't really learn, in my opinion, to be a pro by doing it all on a computer screen if your objective is to play a casino game. Right. You know, you'd have to – and ultimately, also, you have to worry a lot if you're going to be a pro – about how you look while you're playing. Like, for instance, if you learn at the computer screen and you you say the count out loud, right? You know, like,
0: if you have a tell or a tick or something, yeah.
2: Because, like, like learning to count out loud is a pretty neat way to learn to count. Sometimes you're like, okay, let's do it together. If I was training you, I'd say, okay, now one, two, you know, and you start saying, okay, one, two, three, four, and you start talking about it, you know, and then then I'll tell people, just don't get into a habit, <laughs> right? You don't want to be sitting there in casino. Yeah, one, two, three, two, one, three, you know, three, three, four, five, four, five, six.
0: How accurate was Rain Man?
2: <laughs> <when> the- <laughs> oh, the cool thing about Rain Man, and here we are, I mean, this is going to be like a double episode. Oh, You're going to no. have to break this podcast into part one and part two. But the cool thing about Rain Man is I don't remember it being particularly accurate in how you win. Because right. they, also they portrayed the instant win, like as does the um, the 21 movie, like... We sit down, we play, we guarantee to win money. That's not how it works. Right.
0: A, in Rain story. Man, it was more about he was a, ph- a phenom yeah. and he had autism. Yeah, you don't
2: need to be a now. Maybe, maybe if you're a phenom, you can. That's another system. But as I told you earlier, you don't need to be a phenom. But the cool part about Rain Man that was pretty accurate is the room he stayed in. Do you remember that? All oh, the large, suite, the suite. Yeah, been there. Okay, uh, that's awesome. been there. What been in that, been in the suite. What hotel was that? That was at Caesars. Uh, And we'd been, I don't know if I've been in that exact room, but I've been in those rooms. I've been in hotel suites at Caesars that have two floors. You know, where you walk in and it's big double doors and it's like, it was just fun. You know, it'd be like, like, oh, did anyone, what did you get? Like, we'd all have rooms somewhere. It's like, well, who got the best room? And be like, well, I got this at this place. And I got this nice suite at Caesars. Yeah, let's go check it out. You know, we go up there and it's like. Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. Well, someone's in the bathroom. Well, find another one. You know, it's like <laughs> cool. you just keep walking and pianos and whirlpool tubs and wow. you know, it was. But again, you know, it'd be like, okay, that's cool. Let's go play. You yeah. know, you back get to the, business. Yeah. Know, back w- to business.
1: This was absolutely fantastic, John. Thank you a thousand times over. We will have you back to talk more about CAD in the cloud and and how everything has moved forward. But. uh Maybe
0: not. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one last Isn't thing. Uh, funny. There's a potential casino opening up in oh, Massachusetts. Right. Oh, uh, it's really opening. I think. Um, well, it's they're right. They're still reviewing and giving yeah, it, it they haven't open. got their license. I, you never know around these parts. Well, there's it's one, the one open in in S- and, and, and Springfield,
1: and yeah,
0: the Encore. Yeah, you the Encore one. Yeah. What? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, will you be? Will you be? to uh, to t- 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 visit. Um, you know, I doubt
2: I'd visit to play blackjack seriously, right? You know, and uh, but I might, I might visit like you know when my son turns twenty one and wants to go play poker there, I might take him over or something, or I might go over for a show or dinner, or maybe Jacques will take me over
1: there for buy me a drink or something. You know, I despise casinos. Oh. like I had to go to Vegas probably twenty five times in my life, and. A couple times was fine. I I can honestly say with uh, with a lot of uh, pride, I've never once lost in Vegas because uh, I've never gambled. Uh, Good but yeah, for you, casinos are Good not like they just depress the hell out of me. Just uh... absolutely depress me. Because I, I remember, like. I had to go there usually, ironically for hockey tournaments, and always business related. Uh, like different companies I worked for, I used to have to, yeah. you know, or a client wanted me to go play a tournament or something like that. I would go, and I remember one time specifically, you had to go through the casino to get, you know, to the rink, and we probably had a game at like seven thirty, eight o'clock on a Friday go play two hours shower sit in the locker room have a few beers and and come back out and the same old ladies who it, yeah. uh, it like they had it, you couldn't tell they had their oxygen tank hooked up to them I'm not kidding yeah. and some necklace thing where their cart was in the slot machine and they hadn't moved in the six hours or there was you know there was I remember one time when you would play these tournaments, you would have games around the clock type thing. And we would have a game at like, you know, I don't know, like 11 o'clock at night and come out like 4 or 5 a.m. And the same people are still there, you know, and yeah. it's just and then again, you know, I mean, the, the with me in Vegas, it's like, you know, um, you know. I can't afford the hookers, and I can't stand cigarette smell, and I don't gamble, so it's not my town, like, at all. So I guess it's different now, because I don't know, here might be different. But even now in Vegas, I had to go there to work in NASCAR, thing a couple of years ago. And I will bring different clothes just to walk through the lobby, because it smells, like, so oh. You should
2: have. So you disgusting. never went in the old days. So yeah. you're you're only in the non-smoking era, and it's no, still no, smells. That's what I'm
1: talking. Oh yeah, early nineties I mean,
2: stuff. Oh okay, because I mean in the eighties, you know, you was Oh yeah, I well, know what you mean. Like, the first right. night I went to Atlantic City, I went to sleep, and I remember I I used my my sweater as a pillow because they were like. This was before we were getting all the comps and everything, and there were like 11 of us in a hotel room, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I, I remember going to sleep with my sweater as like a pillow for me, and it smelled, it reeked of cigarette smoke. But hey, that's why, as I said earlier, blackjack was a really fun chapter in life, but for me, it was something I did mostly when I was a young grad student as this interesting thing to earn some money and learn and travel a bit and all that. But it ain't real life, and it ain't anything I want to keep doing, and I'm, I'm... I have to say, I'm much happier with my life in my career, building great tools for people to build better products in the world than what I'm doing now. And I really mean it. And there's no cigarette smoke involved <laughs> in that. And you know, the casino thing was an interesting thing, like a lot of things we do. But it was a great chapter. Yeah, you it was learned a great a lot. chapter. Yeah, it's you know, great, it's great story.
0: It yeah, wasn't I, anything to build a life around. Right. If it's one thing that I hate, it's living in the past and not being able to move on and. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh. <laughs> As we was... look around this room, <laughs> right. uh, video games from the early 80s. <laughs> this is
2: an awesome room. I, I oh, thank you.
0: Yeah. Uh, but you. yeah, we should probably wrap up because, you know, it's midnight. We got <laughs> <laughs> Now we got to do
1: the regular podcast. Now, John, thank you so much for coming by. This was absolutely great. Um, if there's anything you want us to throw up on, on the 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 web, uh, the Facebook page, or the Twitter, or any any of the information that you have that you would want us to post, let us know. But this was this was a lot of fun.
2: Well, Joe and Jacques, thank you for having me. It's it's. I think I had the most fun reliving some exciting memories.
0: And um, with that, Jacques and John, I would just have to venture to say. Please, don't forget...